This is Michael Bailey, and you're listening to The Long Box Crusade. You're listening to The Long Box Crusade Podcast, Episode 23, featuring Nightwing 110. Cover dated September of 2005, a part of the JL May 2020 Podcast Crossover Event. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hardbinding those special comics in your collection. So if you wanted to get like all your Villains United tie-ins hardbound, they'd be the ones to see. If you wanted to get all your Nightwings hardbound, like they'd be the ones to see. You know what, that? What? What, Jared? I happen to have Nightwings 1 through 25 Bound? hardbound. Yes. Oh, yeah. By you... Omaha Bound. Oh. And you know why I had it done? You're so fancy. I am fancy. Oh. Correct, Delvin. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking something else. <laughs> but seriously, guys, Omaha Bound does the best high-quality binding. And this might be the best part. They custom design every single cover that they do. So you know when you get yours from Omaha Bound, you're getting a unique, one-of-a-kind collection. In addition to binding, they also sell special trade collections of hard-to-find comics. All this is available on their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself in those special comics right Go to omahabound.com today like I did. And then maybe you, like me, could be so fancy. I wish I was fancy. No, that's how you do it. Omahabound.com. And now I know. Now you know it's half the battle. Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Longbox Crusade. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Tatos. The Longbox Crusade is a podcast where each episode, a random cover, month and year is chosen, and then an issue is selected from that over 20 plus longboxes that have been collected and stashed away in my basement for 40 years. But for this special episode, we are going to be part of the 2020 JL May podcast crossover event. Uh. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? They let us back in. <laughs> Dumb bastards. <laughs> they must have not listened to the last episode. Or if the back door was just unlocked and we just kind of walked in, but. Either way, we're in. Clinton Robinson style. (laughs) We're in the basement. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we are joining uh, the podcasting crews out there for the JL May 2020 podcast crossover event, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. And we'll have a little bit more on that in a little bit. But first, let's go ahead and get into introducing the other people that are with me right now. So joining me, as always, are my amazing Hero, superheroes of friends that I have. We'll start with Jared Elbrick, the yard sale artist, aka Death Probe. Yeah, Jerry Green guitar riff right there. Mm-hmm. That's a frenzy. It's a show. show. It's a guitar riff. It is. Well, thanks for having me back on for my 23rd long. Well, you did like six of them without me. So, yeah, this is like my was 17th. 
Long Box Crusade. Quick special announcement. You know, Jason and I have been brothers my whole life. And years ago, we adopted Delvin as one of our brothers as well. Oh. And uh, Pat, we're considering adopting. This might come as a shock to Delvin. I don't know. What? Wait, no. No, you can't. No. no. You know you're the best, Delvin. You're their favorite. I know. You always be their favorite. It just has to be me. It can't be Pat. Me only. Guys have to work this out on your own. These are emotional issues. But, yep, we're (laughs) considering adopting Pat. As long as you don't mind me taking over, at least coming to North Carolina and taking over the city. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. We'll do it over some wings. I'm much more amicable. Would you get the wings at night? (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and welcome in the other brother, Jason Albrecht, the Weasel Skull. Hey, everybody. If I find out that China's messed up our Heroes Con, we're going to war. We are going to war. <laughs> the LBC versus China. We're going to war. Might be outnumbered, but I'm with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets in the way of me and those soy garlic wings. No, oh, man. <laughs> Why are you eating bat wings when you can have soy garlic wings? <laughs> I don't understand it. This makes no sense. This episode was recorded during quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Quarantine, day 29, folks. And we're hungry. My hair's long. I have no chicken wings. (laughs) China! (laughs) Let's go ahead and see how the favorite son is. Delvin, the dark web, Williams. I feel bad. I don't have a gimmick prepared. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no, that pretty much puts me in writing the thing with this (laughs) (laughs) You're right where you should be. That's true. Well, so, not a lot of progression from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode. <laughs> not, not much. You know, that, that's okay. We're here. It's, it's JL May. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's JL May, Delvin? <laughs> I'm getting into it. You know, I was unaware, but I'm becoming gradually more it's aware JL that it is JL May. Good. Good for you. Did you read them all? Uh, um, I read this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I read it twice. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and find out what everybody's current crusade is, which we haven't done that in quite a while since the last episode. Jared, what's your current crusade? What are you doing? My current crusade involves Dominic Santini of Santini Air, Stringfellow Hawk, mm. And a whole slew of guest stars. I'm currently making my way to the Airwolf. Sounds like Jason knows it. Yes, Jason and I watched it as kids. I'm going through it with my son and my wife. We're watching a couple episodes every week and really just enjoying some 80s goodness of Airwolf. I decided to not say art this time, even though I'm working on art. Does it still hold up? Jared's art? Jared's art? No. No. It's hard for me to say because I love it anyway, but I gauge it based off of Jordan and Johanna who haven't seen it before. And season one was a little rocky. They had a little bit of a hard time getting into it, but as we've gotten into season two, they've gotten more and more absorbed. So it's doing its job. It's doing its job and they're getting, they're really getting into it. Jason, what's your current crusade? Airwolf. What's that? Airwolf. I like Blue Thunder too. Yeah, I know. That's a good movie and a good show. I like helicopter. I mean, I think it sounds like we've talked about this before. We've talked about everything oh, before. That and <laughs> helicopter and then Riptide. Oh, Riptide. Oh, yeah. Nick and Cody. I think we need to hear from our listeners. Are you Blue Thunder people or are you Airwolf people? Team Blue <laughs> or, Thunder, Team Or Riptide. Airwolf. Team Riptide. Riptide with two cool guys. 
Riptide did have a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. I remember that part of Riptide. I thought it was all boats. No, no they, had a, they had that big, like, Sikorsky helicopter. That oh, they had dang. I, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad now. So I got a couple things going on, Pat. My quarantine watching, I've discovered Parks and Recreation. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen that show before, but it is funny. I've, I've seen, seen a few. Oh, it is funny. It is really good. That's kind of Julian, my show. And then I'm watching Monk. I found the whole right. series nice. Nice. on DVD, and I'm on season seven right now. So DVD's nuts. Thank you. So those are the two things that I'm watching. Other than that, I am still going through the James Bond novels. I just finished okay. Dr. No. Good. Which I have to say, I like the ending of Dr. No, the book, better than the movie. Then finally, the other thing is I've always been talking about how I'm going to organize my comic books. Since I'm stuck at home, I've actually put a pretty good dent into that. So making progress on that crusade. Delvin, what have you been up to? What's your crusade? Well, everyone else is talking about what they've done during these quarantine times. The TV show that Miranda and I just finished was Preacher. We watched the last season of it. Kind of a mixed bag of a season. In 10 episodes, it kind of went all over the place and it ended kind of weird. But I mean, it's a thing we did. I don't regret watching it. Not bad at all. I warmed up the Xbox 360 that I've had sitting up in my man room that I usually don't get to go to because I like to spend time with the missus. But with all this spare time, got plenty of time now and picked up a role playing game that I had. I bought it back in 2008 or so and (laughs) and never I played it for like 30 minutes and never touched it again until 2020. It was called Blue Dragon and it was a pretty fun game. And I I played it for like four weeks or so and finally just beat it today. I got to weigh in on this because several years ago, I went to visit Delvin while he was living in Washington, D.C. Johanna went and Jordan was pretty small at the time. We all went and we popped in Blue Dragon and I probably put about a couple, three hours into Blue Dragon, which means I had played more of his Blue Dragon than he had for years. I don't know why. I have no idea why I bought the game. I was super excited about it. There were commercials about it at the time. I was like, oh, this looks cool and played it for 30 minutes. Didn't touch it after that. Well, good for you. I'm glad you completed that. So then you completed a crusade. I did. You I actually a crusade oh. and completed it. It took me about 12 years. What kind of a crusade have you been on? Uh, you know, I've been doing a little comic stuff as well to organization. Not as much as Jason. Like you guys, too, I've been watching some different shows. I'll name off the three shows that I've been watching. Uh, watch with the family is Lock and Key. If you haven't seen that, go see it. It's very good. Comics um, were excellent. Comics I read those. Were, yeah, this is really. It's on Netflix. Binge it. It's awesome. I'm saying that because my wife really enjoyed it. So she's looking forward for the second season already. So you know it's good if she really liked it. The other two shows I'm watching is Chicago PD. Uh, I like that show. Yep. And then I'm also uh, getting back to my Star Trek, Trek across the Star Trek universe as I'm watching the shows in the timeline. So a lot of right now it's Enterprise stuff before I go into TOS and then on from there. But I'm almost done with the first season. So that's my crusade right now. Full speed ahead. What factor nine? Engage. Now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's take a quick podcast promo break. We will be right back. I hope he's home.
Why does it sound like I'm using a phone in the UK? I told you never to call me again. Yeah, I know. And modern science has yet to create a device to measure how much I don't care. Look, I'm getting the trailer for this year's JL May together, and I assumed I had to make you a part of it since you're always in everybody's trailer or something. <laughs> well, look at you leading this year's JL May. Somebody's wearing his big boy pants. So, what's the theme? I sent you an email like a month ago. Like I even pay attention to anything you send me. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? No, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I'm not following. Shocking. The theme this year, I'm, I'm going to, like I'm talking to a child. The theme this year is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I thought it was a fascinating time period in DC's history. So a bunch of us are getting together to talk about the various specials and miniseries and crossovers that led up to Infinite Crisis. It's the event before the event. The whole thing is going to kick off on April 30th, 2020, with a special episode of Views from the Long Box covering the Countdown to Infinite Crisis 80-page giant. And from there, a whole bunch of shows that I will be adding in post-production will discuss these previously mentioned miniseries and crossover issues. And people actually agreed to this? Shockingly, yes. Well, it's probably a good thing that you're going to cover Countdown to Infinite Crisis instead of the Countdown series, because that was a train wreck. Yeah, you know, actually, that was my thinking, too. Now, are you going to help me with this trailer or not? Fine. I will help you with your little trailer. Good. Uh, don't worry, by the way. There won't be any dates for you to get wrong. I hate you so much. JL May 2020. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. The event before the event. This crossover kicks off on April 30th, 2020, on Views from the Long Box. And continues into Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water podcast, Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, Pop Culture Affidavit, It All Comes Back to Superman, The Fan Holes Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Married with Comics, The Coffee and Comics Podcast, The Longbox Crusade, Task Force X, Relatively Geeky Presents, Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace, and the Dr. DC Podcast. Welcome back from the break. Today's adventure from the long box is Nightwing number 110. Credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. The publisher is DC, got a cover date of September 2005, but its on sale date was July 13th, 2005. Cover price was $2.50. Editor is Nachi Castro. The writer is Devin Grayson. Penciler is Philip Hester. Inker, Andy Parks. Letterer is Nick J. Napolitano. Colorist is Gregory A. Wright. Cover credits go to Penciler Philip Hester. And Inker is Andy Parks. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description by Jared. Happy to do it. Love me some Phil Hester. The DC logo is the more modern with the swooping star, and the title Nightwing is in the understated distressed font with white letters. The main action shows Nightwing dangling Robin from a rooftop, and Dick must be on some P90X because he's holding Tim with one arm. Remember, Timmy, this is my weak arm. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Come on, that's funny. I like Commando. So yeah, the cover is BS. 
Dickwood never threatens Tim's life, but Phil Hester does nice cover art, especially the buildings in the background. There are two cover blurbs. The first one reminds us that this is a Villains United tie-in, and the second one plays off of Tim's fear of being dangled, and it says, A Long Way Down. Back to you, Pat. Thank you for not dangling on giving us that cover description. You're welcome. That made me not make sense, but eh, it's the best I could do. <laughs> I'll hang in there. <laughs> oh, see, I'm still working on those joke crusades. <laughs> You'll get a grip on it for soon enough. <laughs> what you do have to worry about, Timmy, is gravity. <laughs> Back to the commando lines. <laughs> Uh, speaking about going commando, let's go ahead and find out what everybody thought about the cover and the art. We'll start with Delvin. Yeah, I think what I like most about this cover is it really looks like Dick is considering dropping Tim. For whatever reason, Tim looks like a fully grown man, actually. He looks like he weighs about like 200 pounds or something. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he outweighs Nightwing for whatever reason. But pretty good cover, and I am a fan of Phil Hester's. I like his style. I like his clean lines. Good cover. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I like it. I think this is something that does grab your attention right away. Makes you wonder, why is Nightwing hanging Robin off the side of a building? I like the colors on Robin's uniform, how they pop against the dark background. I like how the cover portrays the night with the street lights way down below, which gives it a lot more threatening look of the height that Dick is uh, holding Tim. Yeah, all in all, I think that's a pretty solid cover. What do you think, Pat? I agree with you guys, too, as well. Interesting cover makes me want to open it up and read it. I do love the colors. Definitely the colors make this issue pop, especially Robin's suit. And I'm I'm a sucker for Tim's suit. Uh, I always enjoy the way that looks. You know, it's an upgrade from the, the one Dick used to wear, but I like it. I think it's a really cool looking suit. And I also like how Jared mentioned the distress look on the Nightwing logo is interesting as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know they had that traditional Nightwing one, and they, and they changed it to reflect the storyline. I'm like, as will be the theme for me this entire episode, I'm hazy on why they changed it, but I, I know they changed it to reflect what's going on. And, and I like that, though, when they do, when they take the time to kind of do that in some of the comics, you know, and it catches your eye a little bit, or it's something you go back and you relook at the covers and you're like, oh, Oh, now I understand why they were doing, you know, kind of stuff like that because of the story. I like that. Jared, what about you? I'm going to poo-poo the logo just a little bit because oh. I'm a big fan of the original run Nightwing logo. I thought it was perfect and beautiful and memorable. And then I don't mind changing the logo, but this is just boring. It's Nightwing and like some sort of Microsoft Word font that they distressed. And I'm glad they distressed it because it gave a character. So I'm with you on that, Pat. Uh, aside from that, you guys said everything. I just want to give one more shout out to the backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, the buildings are really well done with a really cool perspective. A lot and, of tight lines. A uh, lot of tight, a lot of ruler work I'm looking at yeah. there. I'm sure Andy Park, when he got this one from Phil Hester, was like, seriously, man? <laughs> uh, those but, buildings take up like two-thirds of the cover yeah but they they play well and mm -hmm. i like it and again i'm a big hester fan i think he's great he's one of the first big name artists i met when i did my very first con oh, in cool. macon georgia and he was really nice to me and gave oh. me a lot of advice that i use to this day and he, he's in my portfolio he did an original james bond piece for me so phil hester nice. is a winner in my book Hey, why did he do that for you? Because I'm so fancy. Ah. 
<laughs> Obviously. Uh, I, and I think I gave him like $75. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> okay. That makes but sense. you're also fancy. Yeah, but in addition to the, the fanciness, yeah. yes. Yeah. I see. He he signed his name a little more because you're so fancy. Because I'm fancy. Because you're fancy, I'll sign it for $75. <laughs> but seriously, he's a super, super cool. nice guy. That's awesome. Always good to hear that. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to the synopsis for this issue. But before we do that, I'm just going to give you a brief overview of Villains United. Is what This is a tie-in to for this particular issue that we're covering. Billions United was uh, collecting the intriguing six-issue miniseries that led into Infinite Crisis. Six of Justice's deadliest enemies band together to start a revolution. Together, they want to take a stand to stop the superheroic community from tampering with their minds and to prove how deadly they can be. But not everyone agrees with this agenda. Six rogues are recruited by the animatic mockingbird charged with opposing the society and giving assignments to thwart their rivals and even help their enemies who is mockingbird could it be one of the six the status quo is rocked by the society's formation and their revelations along the way make certain that when the secret six are done nothing in the dcu will ever be the same well let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis for this and it's titled Incorporation. This is going to be brought to you by Delvin. is in New Jersey working undercover as a mob enforcer named Crutches. Why? I don't know. I can't be bothered to research this stuff. <laughs> That's got- a kind of hard-hitting synopsis we give you at the long box. <laughs> you like that? It gets better. It doesn't get better. <laughs> He's got to make his way to Bloodhaven. Why? I seriously don't know. This isn't a gimmick. I have no freaking idea. One of the people who will miss him is Sophia, who Dick clearly has slept with because she's babbling to her dad, Mr. Fertitta, who I'm assuming is a mop boss, about how Dick has helped her with trigonometry. Probably slipped her the old hypotenuse, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Some other lady's husband is laid up in the hospital. Her name? Angie Malazavos. Thought I was going to say I didn't know, didn't you? Ha! <laughs> Later on decides she needs to report on the entire Fertitta operation for protection for her and her daughter. Dick is a part of the whole operation. I'm sure this will come into play in later issues, which we aren't going to discuss. 
Anyway, Dick gets back to Bloodhaven to see the latest and greatest Robin at the time. It's 2005. Tim Drake in action against some street toughs. That's what they call gangsters back in Alt 5. Dick admires how Robin has come into his own from shy bookworm to kick butt sidekick who is handling things his way. Dick doesn't want Tim to know he's there, but Tim sees him and a conversation ensues. The main talk was about family. Bruce, you may know him as Batman, apparently was going to adopt him, but Tim said no, partly because he thought it would make Dick jealous. Tim was worried that Dick would be mad about him being in Bloodhaven. Dick is mad at Bruce. He also caught a bullet at some point, presumably in the leg. Why? IDK to both. The takeaway here is Dick Grayson is never coming back to the Bat family, and that's something that's stuck to this very day across 13 DC Universe changes. The story ends with Dick conflicted about being a part of a crime syndicate where he's going to have to run into Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. How does that turn out? No idea. I guess not knowing stuff kind of did become the theme. Shrug emoji. All right. Well, with that, let's find out what people know about this issue. We will start with Jason. What do you think about the story? I don't know a lot about it. Haven't been a serious reader of Nightwing. I know that Delvin and Jared both have. So I was kind of hoping I could get some questions answered, such as why is he in crutches? He being Dick Grayson. Got shot. What is he doing with this gang of, I guess he's with a gang. And that old guy he was talking to may or may not have been a member of the gang. I, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand. I think he's undercover happened. or something. Yeah, he's infiltrating a, a crime family. Okay. Well, the guy seems Read the book. pretty nice. The Fortitas. I mean, my bosses do seem pretty nice until, you know, they mob people to death. Yeah, I guess so. I guess like there is mob? that. Not flash mob. I did like the fight scene with the street toughs and Robin. I thought that was pretty cool. Good action sequences. Wasn't exactly sure what happened on the page when he like gets hit by the car. Yeah. I think it, it looked like he, he did not avoid that bullet. Right. It looked like he got shot in the back, but I guess not. So, I mean, I, I was just kind of confused, but I did enjoy the action. I liked the back and forth between Robin and Nightwing, even though I haven't, like I said, I haven't been faithfully following the book. You can see that there's tension there, but still a lot of mutual admiration, respect, and love between them. I like that. And then the rest of it, yeah, I wasn't quite exactly sure what was going on, but uh, I enjoyed it overall. I've rambled enough. What do you think, Pat? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. I really thought that this issue was a really more character-driven issue. There was some action, which was good, with Robin seeing that. What I really kind of liked about it was the talk between the two, I want to say, brothers. You know, I think they feel like they are brothers at the time. And this is 2005, so there's a lot of lot of history going on here by now with Tim Drake yeah, you know, it's not it, a new character at this point. No. Not close. You know, in this one, they're trying to make Tim a little more older looking, uh, I think. You know, also Dick, older as well, too. I remember reading, you know, when Dick came back to put on the Bat Mantle, you know, after Asbat, and, you know, he, him and Tim had to hit the streets and do what they needed to do. So I, that's, that's what I remember. So again, that's, that's where some of the history is coming in. So it's, it's kind of good to, Get a fresher take on this from those 90s style books and seeing how the story is going in. Now, I wasn't picking up Nightwing at the time in 2005, so 
I think I want to go back and get some back issues of this stuff and kind of see where things flush out here. But yeah, like you, I don't know who's this gangster guy. I kind of got that figured he was working undercover because that's kind of is a Nightwing's kind of a thing where he's kind of a, you know, he's in the night. He's Nightwing. He's (laughs) undercover. It looks like a few things have happened. And man, 15 years ago, in some ways is a long time, but I mean- not too long ago, and I, sh- I feel like I should remember more. Looks like Dick Grayson has had it with Batman, which is the thing that he does. It looks like Dick Grayson or Nightwing got careless and looks like he got shot in the leg at some point to the point that it crippled him and took him out of action. It seems that because of that, he wanted to continue doing what he did and did this undercover thing with the mob family in New Jersey. And causing him to leave Bloodhaven as a result. I mean, that's interesting enough, I suppose. I honestly have no idea what this has to do with Villains United. I was just going to ask that. Is, does anybody understand what, it, what it's kind of doing with Villains United? Um, I did a little research. Just the introduction of bringing Slade Wilson into it. Yeah. I think is the uh, only tenuous connection. As far as, uh, you know, they, there's talk about Black Mask. Um, and I That's believe true, that yeah. was a little bit in the last issue, 109, Black Mask was about. And so Dick's trying to hunt down or do some detective work here. You know, what's happening with some of these villains and, and that. So that's all I kind of got, but not a lot of how it all ties in. But, you know, back then, this is how they did it. You know, when they wanted to tie in another book, they slap a title on that. It's a tie yep. in or it's a whatever. And I also take remember, your 250. I remember that Blockbuster going down in Bloodhaven was a really big deal. Mm, okay. They built that up for a while and he was he was kind of Bloodhaven's kingpin. Oh. And he eventually went down. Cannot remember circumstances of how it happened, but I know that was a big deal. Jared, do you remember anything about that? Yeah, Blockbuster got killed by a character named Netflix. My goodness. All episode for that moment. (laughs) See, I was gonna go that whoever killed him clearly had a blockbuster buster. Uh, (laughs) I like the Netflix. Block the buster that's trying to block your bust. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they they did mention on page 21, they kind of summed it up a little bit in Nightwing's exposition. He's talking about how Blockbuster didn't leave a successor when he died. They thought that his lawyer, this Rand Westbrook, might take over. But then he found that following the mob connection, it led to Black Mask, not Westbrook. So they do kind of touch on what you guys are talking about here on page 21. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting story to fall into place here. And I am intrigued to see what's going on more on these. So, Jared, what's your thoughts on the story? Man, I'm going to have to echo one part Delvin and one part Jason. Jason, I completely agree with. Phil Hester being such a wonderful artist, I, I have to wonder if maybe it was just script problems with Devin or something. But that action was too hard to follow. Did not like that. You know, Norm Brayfogle is the standard of followable action for Batman universe, and this fell short. Didn't understand what was going on in that fight. Unacceptable. But the pictures were pretty because Phil Hester can draw. <laughs> so there's that. And here's where I'm going to get on the train with Delvin. I am 
probably the biggest Nightwing fan on the show. I collected from issue one to probably about 120, 125. And I don't remember, which means it didn't leave the world's best mark. Uh, I remember snippets. I remember Blockbuster died. I can't remember how. I remember he became crutches to infiltrate the mafia. I don't remember the outcome. I don't remember the lies. Any of the, you know, that means something. This I, I can still vividly remember things that happened in the first 25 issues, which by the way, I have hardbound from omahabound.com because I'm fancy. But these issues that are even more recent, I don't remember. So that's definitely... You know, something that, that I'd either like to re-read them or kind of find out why they were so mm-hmm. forgettable. The issue wasn't bad at all, but I do think of it as a wheel spinner. If we didn't have the character development scenes between Dick and Tim as they sort of discuss where things are going in the Bat family right now, mm-hmm. I would consider this book almost a waste of time, which is not good for Nightwing, one of my favorite characters. But that saved it. <laughs> Aside from that, it was eh. But I do <laughs> like I do like the character development. And I'll throw in there, too, because I did read Villains United. I didn't read all the tie-ins, but I really don't think you need to read this tie-in. I don't see what it serves for Villains United, other than, like you said, teasing back uh, Slade Wilson. Okay. Delvin? I did some research. Looks like the last issue of this was volume two of Nightmare. The last issue where they used the original logo was Nightwing 82, where coincidentally enough, he was fighting Destro. Mm. And it went all the way to issue 153. Uh, Looks like I collected it all the way to the end of the run. So I have a lot of Nightwing. Always enjoy Nightwing. Just think the idea of him is really cool. And I've always liked Dick Grayson as well. The idea back in the 80s to finally let him grow up and split from Batman and become his own character was a brilliant idea. Now, as for this issue itself, I like the conversation between Dick Grayson and Tim. Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like him too. I, I have a long run of Tim Drake Robin. Enjoyed it. I loved how he kind of went from being kind of just that kid that was barely getting by to being a complete force of his own by the end of the book. That was, that was something that was really fun to read. So it's cool to see in this issue of Nightwing that Dick came back and was very proud to see Tim becoming one of his own. That was the coolest uh, thing about this whole thing was just the interaction between the two of them. You can tell that even though for whatever reason, Dick was mad at Bruce that he still had, love for uh, Tim Drake like a brother and that was a cool dynamic very cool I like how you said it there that you know Dick has become his own guy and his own thing to to go from being a Robin to now you know everybody knows him as Nightwing you know and just to have him grow from being that side character to as his own comic book and and been in multiple other series and other issues and all that so that's cool and you happen to mention that after the Asbat that uh, Dick took over as Robin, excuse me, as uh, Batman, and Tim was his Robin. And then a little bit later in Batman history, Batman had to step down and Dick became Batman again. And then Damian Wayne was his Robin. Mm-hmm. So he's had that Batman and Robin dynamic across two different Robins. So that's cool too. Very interesting character. Definitely. One thing that I, I wonder if this plays into 
Dick's anger right now. Maybe they'll talk about it later. I honestly don't remember. But if you remember correctly, the whole reason that Bruce fired him from being Robin and the whole reason he went and became Nightwing was because he got shot on the job. And it really scared Bruce. And that's Mm -hmm. why he said, you can't be Robin anymore. And that's why he became Nightwing. And here we are again. And he's been shot. I wonder if that plays emotionally into this. Hmm. It definitely seemed like whenever Dick got shot here, that he did something careless or reckless that got him shot again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that when you see Dick's inner monologue as he's watching Robin from the distance and the thoughts that he have are overall very positive and supportive. Yet when he goes to talk to him, he can't express those thoughts. Yeah. He, he almost becomes Bruce. like Batman. Yeah. You know, what he's mm-hmm. thinking, he won't say it out loud, which yeah. is, I thought, kind of interesting as well. Mm. Until he got to the point where Tim wanted him to tie into his emotions by saying, look, Batman does need a Robin, but he needs you. And then finally, Dick kind of snapped a little bit and was like, I thought that for years and I don't, you know, and I don't think that anymore or something like that. And it was like, oh, dang, okay. Like the emotion came out, but it came out in a violent outburst as opposed to just, I don't know. Did he run across the rooftops and his leg crutches like Forrest Gump? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything more on the story? Pretty pictures. All right. Well, speaking about pretty pictures, let's go ahead and and talk about the story art. I'm going to start with Delvin on the, the art for this story. We've already talked about Phil Hester plenty. I enjoy his work. I remember being happy that he came to Nightwing. I believe he also did some Green Arrow under Kevin Smith. Uh, That was good. And may have even done some Green Hornet as well. I'm, I'm iffy on the Green Hornet, but absolutely positive on the Green Arrow. And I just, something about his style is just really... It's really simple and clean and fun to look at. And so I like Hester's artwork a lot. Jason, what's your thoughts on the art? Yeah, I first became familiar with Phil Hester's work when they did the um, Ultimate line. They launched Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, and then they had Ultimate Team-Up. And he did the art on an Ultimate Team-Up series with Brian Bendis. And then I also started reading Kevin Smith's Green Arrow and really loved the art in there. It just really matched up, I thought, to the character very well. And I felt the same way uh, with this Nightwing. I think, you know, there are some characters that artists are just lent to draw, and this is one of them. And I'd be remiss to fail to mention Andy Parks' inks as well. Those two are as a dynamic duo as you come. Very good art. Jared. Same, same. Phil Hester, I came to him in Green Arrow. Uh, loved him on Nightwing. He would later on do some Flash as well. Just one of those artists that makes other artists hate him because it just looks so simple, but you just nobody can do it like he can. <laughs> You're like, well, it looks so simple. Certainly we could all draw like that, and you can't. And Jason's right. Hester is almost always teamed with Parks, and they are very much a Andrew Espudito combination. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, Phil Hester has also done some independent stuff. He wrote a series called The Wretch, and it's Omnibus. It's available from our friends at OmahaBound.com. Last I checked, it was on sale. You get the big trade paperback, and it's awesome. all his black and white 
It's Ooh. really pretty to yeah. see his stuff in black and white. And I, I want to say it's like 25 bucks worth your time and effort. Awesome. I'm just going to mirror what everybody else said too. The art in this is just incredible. Very nice to look at. And, and it's not only the art, the inks, but it's the color too in this. I think the color helps just make this whole issue pop as you look at it. Um, and you guys, like you said, the clean lines, all that in here is just amazing to look at. So with that, why don't we go ahead and get to Jared's section for this episode? All right, boys. So we get to meet Phil Hester again. Super nice guy. Treated me really well when I went to my very first con as a as a know-nothing fledgling artist. And now I'm a uh, know-nothing mildly seasoned artist. But anyways. That's progress. That's progress. <laughs> but anyway, so if you've got to meet Phil at a convention and he said, oh, I love the Long Box Crusade, because how could you not, first mm-hmm. of all? Because we're so fancy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he'd be like, I totally listened to your episode where you covered 110. And I'm glad you guys like my art. And I've got every original page here. And you can have one. What original page are you going to take from this issue? Going around the horn, we will start with Pat. I would want a page with Robin and Dick in the Nightwing costume. That's right, that's right. But I can't take the cover. So I am going to go with the page of where Robin's fighting. Uh, He hits the car, uh, and then you see him on the last page. It's him standing on the hood of the car and just looking menacingly down at the the other guys, the, the people in the car. So I like that page. Not bad. Delvin. I'm going to pick the page where Tim and Dick start their conversation, where you've got Tim in his Robin costume and just Dick standing there in his, you know, normal clothes. I don't know. There's something about that page I like. I I like the size comparison that I I don't even know how traditionally tall Dick Grayson is, but I just like that comparison and Mm. face off. I like that picture. This is the correct answer, by the way. Jason. I like that one as well, but I'll go ahead and take page eight. And that's the page where you see the, it's five panels. You see the street tough running with the pistol and the black silhouette of Robin behind him. You see the, the little R shuriken go into his leg. And then I really like that panel where he's got him in that arm lock coming down on his uh, back. I oh, thought that was yeah, pretty yeah. cool. That was good. So Jason, it's more of a shoulder lock than a- <laughs> But it's a, don't we I, podcast about shoulder lock? Oh, oh Sherlock, never mind. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to connect the dots, I couldn't do it. It was a little stretch. <laughs> I think it's a good page. That's a dope drawing of Robin. I, I liked uh, Delvin's with the with the two square off. If Delvin beat me to Hester's table and got that one before I got there, I'd go with one of the last pages so I could at least get Nightwing action. Uh, probably the one where he's swooping in and kicking that dude in the back of the helmet. You know, the, the very last page. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I got to have some Nightwing in Nightwing costume. But that's my B choice. My A choice is the same one Delvin picked when they uh, are across from each other on the panels. Having that's a good page, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember who initially designed Nightwing's costume? Uh, Scott McDaniel was the first artist on it who kind of did the revamp. Yeah, I assume you're talking about the revamp, not the disco collar. Yes, yes. I Wasn't was it George there. Perez that did? George I Perez mean, did original Nightwing, but this kind of version where it's sort of toned down to oh, black one. and blue. I love it. 
It's, it's, so, it's so cool. There, yeah. There's a reason why I have that Scott McDaniel from Nightwing 2 on my wall. It, and it's never going anywhere because I think it is so damn cool. That it is cool. cool. Yeah. The simplicity of it. And it just works. Now, I know they did a four-issue miniseries before they launched the ongoing. And McDaniel did some covers on it. I'm not sure who did the interiors, though. That, that person might actually get credit for the redo. Tough question, but McDaniel really brought the life in the first arc. Very cool. And I think Hester's very much in the McDaniel school of simple and clean lines with lots of motion. I think they complement each other well on this title. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Let's go into the last segment here. Does this bring back any memories for you of the comic, of Nightwing, of the era? Jason. So 2005, Mm -hmm. I was... Getting out of the army, coming back from Iraq and getting out of the army. So this was kind of a momentous time Hmm. for old Jason. Like I said, I wasn't reading Nightwing, so no real connections there. But the date, definitely. Yeah. Coming back from Iraq, coming home and uh, leaving the army. Jared. 2005, fall of 2005, I would have been stationed at Lackland Air Force Base, Texas. At this time... I believe I was, yep, I was just about to head out to do a war game exercise in Hawaii and spend a few weeks deployed there. I was definitely collecting the title. Johanna was pregnant with our first uh, first child, Jordan. And to steal some of Delvin's thunder, I think he was just about to move to San Antonio with me, which is going to be awesome. Uh, but, yep, that was late 2005. Delvin. Yeah, I was Getting close to moving to San Antonio, it was, which would have been December 2005. Uh, as of September 2005, I was in Lompoc, California at Vandenberg Air Force Base. And I wish I can remember the name of the comic book store that I went to. I remember the owner's name because I actually thought it was fake until he showed me his ID. His name was James Garner. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, it's not. <laughs> Jim Rockford. Rockford? <laughs> but, uh, this fellow, unless uh, my uh, eye deceived me, was a Hispanic gentleman. And so not Rockford. And not that James Garner, just a different James Garner. But, you know, it's not like a Michael Bolton situation from Office Space. I think he was pretty proud to have the name of James Garner. Man, I wish I remember the name of that store. I could probably Google it. But anyway, I was getting my books from him then. And I remember uh, I enjoyed going into the uh, shop. And yeah, those are my memories from there. I was purchasing from the Purple Cactus. Oh, that was the name of my comic book shop at the time that Delvin would later join. <laughs> Best known for their salsa. Best known for their salsa. <laughs> oh, I've seen I've seen that salsa. Jar. <laughs> salsa and comics. It's yes. still there. I'm afraid to throw it away. I think if I throw it away, I might cause a new corona. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a you'll get some kind of a fine from somebody like Jason, you know, <laughs> from the environmental folks gonna find you. You can't put that in regular trash. Christ, that's going to go to your hazway station. <laughs> that has to be a biohazard. Like, if I open that thing, it's going to start talking to me. I, I should have thrown it away long ago. Maybe if we get enough Patreons to, to, to pay, one of us will have to take a taste of it. Oh, no. <laughs> Just, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I'm out. If we give our listeners a little behind the scenes, oh, this comic man. book shop that we purchased at also sold homemade salsa. And they had a jar on it. Their slogan was, try it, it's good. I think. Something like it. Try it, it's tasty. Or, or, there's another one, stick with the best. Stick with the best. Purple Cactus Salsa 
and Purple Cactus comic books. You can't make that up. And Delvin bought a jar circa 2006-ish. Uh-huh. gave it to me for a gift. You I probably it. did. <laughs> I probably gave it to him as a gift. Probably around 2006 because we used to just kind of laugh about that's a gift that's going to keep on giving, if you know what and I mean. And he still has the unopened jars from, I want to say 2006 is probably when we yeah. did it. I saw uh, it. I, I I remember even asking about it. He's got, a, what was that, 14-year-old jar of salsa. <laughs> the funny thing is it doesn't look bad. No, it doesn't. It was like, oh, it's just a... It's all liquid at this point. <laughs> Tell you what, when we hit 200 patrons, uh, Delvin's going to make some nachos. <laughs> it's just going right from the long box here, say, like an episode of Jack. <laughs> I'm Delvin Williams. I'm about to eat this 15 year old salsa. <laughs> it's like, don't try this at home. Don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> I'm so I'm so much of a giver. I'm gonna give this to the homeless. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, my memory is nobody cares. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's true. Everybody more cares about the salsa. It's all about what, the what's salsa. your spicy memory from 2005, Pat? <laughs> It's not as spicy as that one. 2005, I was probably just getting back into comic books again, starting to collect again uh, after having uh, my son was born. So a second child born. We're in our new home that we've been now. We've been here for quite a long time. So starting to collect again. And, you know, this this whole series, I'm like, ooh, it's an event. And I'm always a sucker for events. So, you know, I got to get all the main events that I can. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for stories. And so I started, you know, give me that one, give me that one, give me that one. So uh, that's what I remember about this time around then, 2005, just working, picking up comics after being away because, you know, with, with the kid. So good. it's a good time to be around again. Ironically, this was going to be the last time I was in comics because, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, either you're coming or you're going at the time. Yeah, Jordan yeah. was born in 2006. Come, either, you're, either you're on the comic train and I, or you're off the comic and train. And I had to get off the comic train. So just as you were toot toot getting back on board, yeah. I was near falling off. All right. Well, I think with that, that will bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page. We will be right back. Spider-Man and the Cupcake Caper. Peter Parker is in Mary Jane Watson's apartment when suddenly he sees a familiar enemy. MJ, you'll have to excuse me for a minute. Uh-uh. You have this thing, Tiger, and I hate it. Every time there's trouble, you disappear. Relax, MJ. All I want to do is get some milk we have with these hostess cupcakes. Sure, Peter. Anything to avoid reality. But at least this time, you left me with a really delicious snack. Devil's food cake. Chocolate. King creamy filling. I hate having Mary Jane think I'm a coward. But there's no other way I can slip into my Spider-Man role. And only Spidey can handle Man Mountain Marco. Don't look now, Marco, but the mountain just became a molehill. Webhead, we don't understand you, but we sure appreciate the help. Thanks, guys. Meanwhile, I've got a quart of grade A to deliver. Sorry it took me so long, MJ, but I um, got a little bit of... 
distracted. Yeah. Well, no sweat, Peter. The hostess cupcakes you left me with were a lot more rewarding to me than you ever been. Brother, if she only knew. You get a big delight in every bite of hostess cupcakes. Welcome back from the break. Now it's time to scan through the featured issue of Nightwing number 110 for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Here are the ads that stood out to us in this issue. Jared, what caught your eye? Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. This is going to be a very special added up for me. Oh. Because as I was flipping... Is that clear cell ad? Yes. <laughs> the... <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. How'd you know? There's no clear cell ad in this one, Pat. Fancy As ad? As I was flipping through this, it occurred to me that with the exception of the text so you can get ringtones and backgrounds, which was very early to mid-2000. As edgy then. Yes. With the exception of the of texting to get ringtones. How much was it? How much was a ringtone? Uh, it doesn't really say. It just says if you text these codes, you can get some free ones. Oh, but they charge your phone. And then it's a uh, three ninety nine. There it is. Three ninety nine monthly charge will be billed to your mobile Ooh. phone. Three ninety nine a month for a ringtone. Listen, man, I don't make the rules. But as I was flipping through ringtones, mm-hmm. aside from ringtones and the Schwinn Stingray electric bike on the back, it occurred to me that I either own or have owned every single thing that's advertised <laughs> in this comic book. Wow. If only I owned this Schwinn, because you can't really own the ringtones, but if I owned this Schwinn, I would literally own every product wow. that ever in this book. And I was like, that's just notable. So my added up for this time around is going to be literally everything but the Schwinn bike. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I can catalog what those ads are and tell you what I own, but let's go through and find out what people pick individually, and then we'll circle back to that. Okay, sounds good. Delvin, what's your ad? Well, I definitely will pick something that I know that Jared has, and that would be the advertisement for the Frank Miller, Jim Lee, Scott Williams creation of Batman (laughs) and Robin, the Boy Wonder. All-Star. All-Star, Batman and Robin, the Boy Wonder. (laughs) This was DC's response to Marvel's very successful Ultimate line. Ultimate Spider-Man was a hit. Mm -hmm. And and I I will never forget, it got to a point where Bendis kind of came out like, yeah, you know, me and Bagley, like, we're kind of like, we're not really feeling this 12-issue thing, so we're going to put out 18 a year. They were holy. And I mean, and it was just, I mean, premium story. And so DC's like, yeah, we want some of that. Mm-hmm. And so they got a legendary Batman writer, Frank Miller. They got Jim Lee, who was one of the best artists ever to pencil a book. And Scott Williams, his very frequent partner in crime. And the book was... <sighs> it. It bad is the word you're looking for. <laughs> not so fancy. It was not so fancy. I remember my favorite part of that book is the fold-out Batcave. That the art on that fold-out Batcave was really cool. Hmm. Jim, like Jim Lee, doesn't know how to draw bad crap. Jim Lee can fall out of bed. You, I could probably take a hammer and break Jim Lee's hand <laughs> into many pieces, and he could still draw something that was 
beautiful. It's just, he, he can do no wrong. And Scott Williams knows how to do his stuff. I don't know. He's got the pen in his teeth. He, he, yeah, he, he just, he's just <laughs> brilliant. But that, that book, I don't know. They went too far. It was like, what if Batman were like House? You yeah. know, like, yeah, I eat rats. What? You got a butler and a billion dollars. Why are you eating rats? Yeah. <laughs> it just makes no, no reason to eat rats. That's Batman. I don't even think that book lasted very long. I like, don't think it made it past six issues. I don't think it did because I don't know whether it was just due to unpopularity. I don't know if it was due to... Did it have a scheduling issue at all? Yeah, maybe scheduling issue. I don't know, but they launched that and All Star Superman about the same time. And All Star Superman lasted a little while longer, but not a ton. I think All Star Superman was actually pretty good. It, that one was decent. Uh, Frank Quietly and uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah, surprising because Grant Morrison's confusing, but that was good. That All Star Superman was very good and had a conclusive beginning and ending. It was really good, but. All-Star Batman was not. I don't understand how all those names had a misfire like that, but it was a misfire. And in some ways still, though, I mean, Frank Miller is still a genius. We can't take that away from him. Like Delvin said, you know, uh, the penciling and inking is phenomenal. Just sometimes it doesn't come together, you know, and it just didn't quite work there. All right, Jason, what is your ad for this issue? I'm going to go with the Steam Boy movie ad. I thought I saw I remember seeing that movie. I really enjoyed that. That was a great concept and a great anime. Cool. Pat. I have not seen it. Yes. Pat, what ad did you select? Well, I selected the Fire Emblem Ooh, RPG game for the Game Boy. Yes, good, good. You know, I want it's got two good things that I like. One, I like the Game Boy. Okay. This was the flip fold Game Boy, right? Yep. I think so, yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, I mean, you could play it on a GBA, but you could play it on a Game Boy Advance Boy. SP as well. Yep. It's a very, very model that you could play it on, but the FP had the backlighting and the rechargeable battery pack yeah. instead of having to bring in the AA battery. They're not right. getting the backlighting that you would get on a standard Game Boy Advance. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. And then the, the button for it, well, I well play where you can squeeze and play them just with ease. I have an overwhelming urge to have you both meet me after school. <laughs> to, to, to play video games, Delvin? Do you want us to play video games with you? We played the dragon game. Oh, boy. I you guys little... go play video games. I didn't go get the chips. <laughs> I've got a level 27 Paladin Wolf Rider with plus seven charisma on holy ground. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Jared snorted. I, I got a roll there. I could help myself. <laughs> I, you know, I like the RPG as well, too. So I'm a big RPG fan. My big game is the Final Fantasy. But any time in this era, I was, you know, picking up RPGs to play. I guess just like the comics, I like the long story and the, the, the more you get out of it. I'm with you, Pat. I love role-playing games. I am going to take this opportunity to lengthen the show and tell a story. And why not? Why not? Can't remember the guy who originally created the director of the original Final Fantasy on the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Final Fantasy 1 was an 8-bit Nintendo game. Mm -hmm. Square was dying. And they told him, he was like, hey, I got this idea for an RPG. And they're like, make what you want. It's going to be our last game. Which Mm -hmm. is why it's called Final Final Fantasy. Fantasy. And then it became such a wild success that that game single-handedly saved Square. And now we have, what, 42 Final Fantasies? <laughs> well, n- not to mention all the other, you know, right. that spun off. And- what, you know, speaking of spun off, it's pretty much that's pretty much the story of Spider-Man. 
Stanley always wanted to do it. it was the last issue yeah. of Amazing Fantasy, so it was like screw it and put a Spider Man story out there, and then ba boom, very popular. Jared, do you have any additional information you want to provide on the ads? Uh, just that the, the rest of the ads uh, is destroy all humans. A uh, fun little video game on the Xbox. I think it also might have come out on PlayStation Two. Jason hits Steam Boy ringtones. You know, we never, none of us ordered ringtones. The Wildcats cartoon. You know, the Jim Lee. Speaking of Jim Lee, the mm-hmm. Wildcats cartoon was advertised. Of course, we did All Star Batman and Robin. They had the DC Universe DVDs with Lois and Clark and Wonder Woman TV show box sets. I own those. The Bic Smooth Riders. I own those. I own Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. I've owned some Juicy Fruit Gum. There was an ad for that. Delvin s- talked about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And then the final ad in the back is for the action figures of Batman Begins. So aside from that electric bike, y'all. Owned it, it all. Or I currently own or I one time owned all of it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, if you have a comment on this, let us know. Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page. Now, let's continue on with the next segment called Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? September 2005. Got it. Let's get into some history notes for September 2005, and I'll take the first one. September 1st, the 22nd MTV Video Music Awards. Some of the winners were Green Day, Kelly Clarkston, Kanye West. Big winners. On September 2nd, Bob Denver, the American actor from Gilligan's Island, died of complications from cancer at age 70. So, On September 12th, Hong Kong Disneyland opens in Penny's Bay, Lantau Island, Hong Kong. On September 13th, Supernatural debuts on the WB, starring Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. It's the longest-running North American fantasy series, and my son Drake is a big fan. I hear good things. I've never seen an episode, but people love it. I yeah. watched a few of the beginning of it and then kind of just faded out for me, but, you know, at this time with kids, couldn't do much. Yeah, Drake really is into it. The last Comic-Con we went, they had the car there. I forget the kind of car it was, but yeah, I, oh, had, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, I had to pay for a photo shoot. <laughs> with him in the car, and he, he got to dress up in props and everything from the show, and he was having a good old time. That's cool. On September 15th, Be Without You, single released by Mary J. Blige. Billboard Song of the Year in 2006, a Grammy Award Best R&B Song as well. Best Female R&B Vocal Performance in 2005 for Mary. Very good year for her. I don't remember that song. I remember it. September 18th, the 57th. Emmy Awards happened. Big winners were Lost, Everybody Loves Raymond, James Spader, and Patricia Arquette. September 20th, model Kate Moss is dropped by clothing chain H&M after allegations of drug taking. Oh my, 15 years ago, so pure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to do some crap. Don't want to get high. On September 24th, actor Aston Kutcher, 27 years old, weds actress Demi Moore, 42, in Beverly Hills, California. Colin Cooch. Are they still together? No. No. 
No. All right. With that, let's get into the top 10 movies for September 2005. I'll start us off with number 10, Into the Blue. Surfing movie. That's all I remember. I don't remember anything. I got nothing on it. Number nine, The Greatest Game Ever Played, which I'm pretty sure is a golf movie, but that's all I remember. Next up is Capote. Is that about Truman Capote? Was starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. There we go. Made 66 million. Number seven was Lord of War. It's a Nick Cage flick. Coming in at number six, A History of Violence. Comic book movie. It is. Good one, too. Coming in at number five is The Transporter 2. Now, I like the first one better, and then I like the third one better, but two wasn't bad. It was still fun to watch. Transporter 2. I saw it in the theater. Oh, yeah. I'm a little bit hazy on what the plot was about. Was was that like, I mean, did did he have like a person? And did he take that person? He like, went from point A to point B. Kind <laughs> mm, risky. I don't know. Sure danger ensued. Uh, number four, Just Like Heaven. What? That's a good Cure song. Just Like Heaven. I don't know the Cure song. I don't know this movie. Number three was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I, I saw, saw that one. one. Yeah, I did too. This is all right. Pretty good. Sounds scary. It was. A little creepy. Yeah. Coming in at number two, Corpse Bride. Ooh, that's even scarier. I'm not much of a scary movie guy, so. I don't yeah, remember that movie at all. Corpse Bride. I don't remember it at all. I thought, isn't that like a. Or maybe it's a comedy? I don't know. Tim Burton. Possibly. That sounds like Burton to me. Yeah, I think you might be onto something. Anyway, I'll bring it home with the number one movie that I actually still haven't seen this. I'm aware of it. It's called Flight Plan. Flight plan. Flight plan. How can a movie make that much money and I don't remember anything about it? I, it's about I, transportation. There you go. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I seem to remember it. I think it was about a bereaved woman and her daughter. Uh, they're flying home from Berlin to America. <laughs> and at 30,000 feet, the child vanishes and nobody will admit she was ever on the plane. I'm pretty sure it had Jodie Foster and the guy who played the Scarecrow. Ooh. With that, let's go ahead and get to the top three songs according to Billboard at this time. And they were number three, Panda Replay by Rihanna. Coming in at number two is Don't Ya by the Pussycat Dolls featuring Busta Rhymes. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? Don't ya. Don't ya. Don't you wish your girlfriend was wrong like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was fun like me? Don't you? Oh, Buster Rhymes was probably all like... I I kid, I love Buster Rhymes. It's always fun in karaoke when, let me say this PC way, uh, someone who is unattractive 
gets up and is like, don't you wish your girlfriend was? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Never whisper that. Nope. That is also funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one song, according to Billboard at this time, was We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Delvin's a fan. You know he loves that Mariah Carey. Big fan of Mariah Carey, and this was kind of her comeback song because she had taken a few years off, and this song put her right back on the map. It was a great song. This and the movie Glitter. Oh, that movie was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. Oh, my gosh. I was moonlighting at the theater when Glitter came out. And uh, we had to call the police because we were like, there's a bomb somewhere in this theater. (laughs) (laughs) Is her acting that bad? Yes. Okay, well, okay. Her or Denise Richards? Denise Richards. Richards. All the time. Is worse? (laughs) No, better. I'd watch a full two-hour Denise Richards as Christmas Jones movie. Yeah. I think I what like, they're trying to say is Denise Richards is Meryl Streep when compared to <laughs> Mar- Mar- Mariah right. Carey as an actress. She was tragically bad. Like I've never seen the movie. In, in like I said, it was in the theater when I was moonlighting there. And the thing was, we would seriously like go in and just see who who could last the longest before somebody left. <laughs> and you'd watch about two minutes. You're like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I I did see it. It was on VH1. I was at home one time. I was bored. I'm like, I watched it. <laughs> you made it all the way through. Wow. But it's one of those. It's like it's so bad. That you have to keep, it's like watching a car wreck. Like, you don't want to look, but you got to look. You got to look. You got to see how many dead bodies are going to be left in the wake of this thing. They can't be that bad. It can't be. I see an eyeball. Oh, I got to look away. Oh, All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at cantite at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow and leave a comment on the Twitter at longboxcrusade, and we will be right back. Hey, Jared, I have a question. What's up? Well, I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now. Yeah? Well, that's not a question, man. I know. I'm getting to it. That was called buildup. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox Crusade, and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land, and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art cell artist, and your brother Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull, but it doesn't have me, Delvin Williams, the Dark Web. Could you ask the guys if they would let me be a part of the promotion, since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys, and you stay here. Okay, great. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. 
Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, yeah, I know. It's called Build Up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade. And I provide awesome synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? <sighs> fine. Let's do it. Let's do it live. We could have done this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside? I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals with Crusader Chronicles, indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater, pitting two randomly selected action films against one another, and action film face-off, cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles, and whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com, where we continue our quest to... Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com. Early access to special Longbox episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving the much appreciated support to our show. Don't you wish your patrons were hot like ours? Don't you? Oh, someone saw me shake my shoulders there. It was very hot. Helica Wolf, Bill Bear, Blasted Stashit, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, David Collins, Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Greg Van Leuven, Ivy Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L., Jim Jarman, Joe Thomas, John Watson, John and Maggie, Jose Poyo, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W., Paul Hicks, Reggie Hancock, Rick of Jeff and Rick Present, Ronald Went, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, and Toronto Cop with one-time donor Bradford Williams. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any What's that? Lies. Well, Jason, I don't know if you heard, but we changed. Like, you can join the club now. What? No. Let me get my dump. I'm psyched. I'm joking. Don't you wish you could just not hot enough, Jason? You're just not hot enough. Don't you? Story of my life. Uh, Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out? Here at LBC headquarters, please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. 
Even if you just want to keep it short, we'll just star ratings. It helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. So we will start with social media, like, shares, and retweets from no one. Sorry, guys. Mm. But here's a reason why. Uh, we recorded a long box crusade before this. We wanted to get this one recorded for JL May, so we don't have comments for the last one. That's the reason. You got to see behind the scenes and everything. You got that for free. So you're lucky. You're lucky. But, you know, you can always just join us and give us that dollar if you feel guilty about it. Now, that was a little patron level tease right there. I know. It was a little, little tease, a little, little show. You know, put the slip up just a little bit, let you see a little bit. Now we put it back down. <laughs> back down now. Saw enough. <laughs> now we'll go to Jared because he has an announcement. I do have an announcement. Uh, Delvin, I need you to plug in the generator. Jason put gas in the generator. And Pat, I'm going to need you to pull the randomizer. I think we got, uh, yep, looks like it's plugged in, ready to go. The generator's running. Need you to pull that randomizer because we're about to announce who won our patron raffle to be our special guest for Crusade Miss 2020. Woo! We had a lot of people interested in it over on the Patreon page. And again, you can join for as little as one buck a month and get your chance to be a special guest on a Crusade Miss episode. But just go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as a buck a month. You can be in on it. But now let's find out who's going to be joining us with their sweater on and their mittens and their hat. Come Crusade Miss. Pat, pull that lever. <laughs> Maxwell Traver. Oh, awesome. Nice. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. We had a lot of people put in, and we really appreciate the enthusiasm and the support. One of the people who put in, we already had on our schedule to be on (laughs) Crusaders this year. Uh, So I guess that'll be a surprise to that individual. We typically have guests who run other podcasts, and then once a year, we like to put a just... You know, anybody from the patron that wants to put in the randomizer and congratulations to Max. We look forward to having you on the show. We had the Toronto cop last year and he did a kick butt job. He set the bar high. He really did. Yeah, we enjoyed having him. He was awesome. He was the first winner, right? The very he was the first winner. Yep. 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 And this will be set the bar high. Fourth year of doing Crusademus. Wow. So uh yeah. Leave it. Welcome to the big leagues, uh, Maxwell Traver. It'll be fun to get to know you. See if I'm saying it right. Could be Traver. Yeah. Maybe he comes on the whole time. like, you have mispronounced my name for about a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested to see what comic he brings forward. Yeah, it'll be fun. So anyway, yeah, congratulations, Maxwell. And we look forward to having you on the show. Uh, Pat will probably want help with decorations. Yes, and if you could bring some other cookies, uh, some extra milk, um, I'll, I'll we'll check and see what Clinton may want. Just, you know, it's Christmas. Maybe why? Oh, what? Yeah. Well, it's bring some good cheer to him. He gets scraps, and he'll yeah. I gave him some eggnog last year. I just poured it right down the hatch, <laughs> right <laughs> to the basement. <sighs> Uh, it took a couple of months for him to clean that up, so we didn't want to. We couldn't get down there because it was so slippery. Yeah, <laughs> it turned still, out it was a bad idea. Yeah, still smells funny down there. <laughs> I don't think it's what Jason spilt, but anyway, 
With that, we want to definitely thank everyone for the follows, likes, and shares, and comments that you provide for us on this show and all the other shows that we do. We really appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. So that's going to be it for this show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusade.com, where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. Just give a final reminder here that we are part of the JLMA 2020 podcast crossover event covering the countdown to infinite crisis. And if you were listening in the beginning, I'm going to tell you what JLMA 2020 is all about. This is the event before the event. The epic crossover begins with the view from the long box and continues in the Fire and Water podcast, Robin, Everybody Loves the Drake, Pop Culture Affidavit, It All Comes Back to Superman, The Fan Holes podcast, Justice's First Dawn, The Birds of Prey podcast, Married with Comics, The Coffee and Comic podcast, The Long Box Crusade, hey, that's us, Task Force X, Relatively Geeky Presents, Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace, and the Dr. DC Podcast. Be sure to check out all those fine podcasts out as we have fun going through the JL May 2020 event. I want to thank Jason, Jared, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason? Thanks, Pat. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Jared. Why, thank you, Delvin. I'm glad you asked. I am at Yard Sale Artist. That is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And I invite you to check out my live stream art videos on my YouTube channel, Yard Sale Artist. You will find me. Over to you, Pat. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff over on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications of when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Longbox Crusade. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at Longbox Crusade or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read read them all. The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-M-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Text your little number and you get this ring, you get select from your ringtones. You could have gotten... I, the Schwinn bike, it's electric. Boogie woogie. Boogie woogie woogie woogie. I want to say that happened in like 1989 ish.
That's one of the things that made Spider-Man good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That the supporting cast was so good, it could stand alone without the main character. Yeah. If you guys like haven't Stick watched. Run. Yeah, Stick Run. <laughs> Stick Run deserves its own series. <laughs> Just a bit outside. <laughs> it's only in the summer, though. <laughs> summer blockbuster. Summer blockbuster. <laughs> summer series. Stick Run. Secret Wars. Stick Run. Hot in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Stegron, Sauron, team up. <laughs> Stegron, sizzling summer spectacular. Called Stegosaurus. <laughs> Rip up, paint, paint down. down. You know, got to mess around. We're podcast. podcast. What? 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 We podcast. What? What? Cats. In addition to binding, they are. <laughs> Cat saying, meow. There we go. <laughs> Bound. 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 <laughs> All right, I'll finish it. Catwoman. Bound. <laughs> Catwoman. Dumbass. <laughs> That's what, like, do they know JLM at all? Everybody complaining about getting sleepy later on. It's all JLM. Meow. Meow. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, oh. Cats. <laughs> Omaha bound. Bound. <laughs> if you you've got Catman, the limited series, <laughs> you can get it bound. Are you ready to uh, podcast meow? <laughs> are, are you saying meow? <laughs> I'm ready to pop, pop, no, meow. Do I look like a cat to you? <laughs> Do I look like I jump nimbly, bibbly from tree to tree? I'm giving her out a cat, Captain. She's got Captain. All right. Well, speaking about giving her all we got. I know why she has her uh, middle name in there. Why? She's so fancy. fancy. <laughs> <sighs> See what you done? Add it up, add it up. Add it up, add it up. Add it up. See what you got. And Cayenne West, big winners. Kanye. Cayenne West? Very spicy. Cayenne West with some. He's a spicy rapper. He's a spicy meatball. We are done. What you wish your podcast was like Mars? Do they know our podcast is hot at all? I don't think they do. They'll figure it out, though. Yeah, right, I, I got a serious question. <laughs> got to ask and get this out of the way. Do they know it's jail May at all? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> it's jail May. <laughs> We're covering the Silver Age. It's JL May. Something right. by Mark Wade. <laughs> it came out in 2000. <laughs> and we're ready for the day of it's JL May at all. I'll tell you all. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I got that song in my head. Do they know they are made at all? We do the most. We 
good because everybody <laughs> <laughs> yes we're, we're ready 